One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome back for a brand new edition of Collider Ladies Night. I am beyond thrilled to welcome Taylor Russell to the show. You are phenomenal in Bones at All, but I think I've been dying to have you on this show since Escape Room because I am obsessed with those movies. Thank you. Wow. Okay. Okay. This is giving me better context. <laughs> sure. We are definitely sneaking in an Escape Room question or two during this conversation. The first thing we must do on Collider Ladies Night, though, is we play a game called Dicey Questions. I have eight questions here, and the dice tower behind me selects them for, for you. They are all totally harmless. You get three rolls on the tower, and whatever roll I roll for you, that's where we start. Okay. All right, first one up. Kicking this off with a number two. I do adore this one. We call this one the little things. What is a little thing in your life that makes you happy? Something that may seem seemingly silly to someone else out there, but it brings you joy on a regular basis. Um, uh, the first thing that's coming to my head is coloring. <laughs> yeah, coloring, I would say. Kind of silly, but... um. You never, you, you never feel uh, aggravated after you color. So I guess that's, that's, yeah, that's what I'm going with. Now I'm curious, what do you color? Do you get like the, like, they have some really incredible adult coloring books out there now with like really elaborate designs. I know. I actually, you know, I've, every time I've been in a bookstore and uh, look through the adult coloring books, I'm always so inspired by all the little designs, but I'm, I, like to just freestyle uh draw and color and uh yeah I'm, I'm not too worried about it even being anything sometimes I just like seeing colors on a page so as someone who's super rigid and colors within the lines I admire that quite a bit <laughs> all right you got your second roll here all right, we are going with a number eight now. This is a fun one. I am obsessed with looking at everybody's IMDb trivia pages because you always find like the weirdest, most random things on them. 
you don't have very much on your page though. It's like five things. So if you would add like a super silly fact about yourself to that page, what would it be? It can be anything. Literally anything. Like a hidden talent, uh, like an out of left field favorite movie, you name it. Mm. Uh, well, when <laughs> I'm really just going off of what's coming up in my head, so don't judge me. But um, when I was, uh, when I first moved across country to Toronto, it was, uh, you know, the beginning of the school year. So September, October, it was Halloween. And I wore um, this ladybug costume. I like was a giant ladybug and I was maybe seven years old. And um, for the rest of my time at that school, everyone called me Ladybug. Um, so that's not a very, I mean, I do with that what you will, but that's like, maybe, I guess I, I wouldn't add that. But if somebody added that, I would think it was uh, okay with, with me. I, I dig that. I'm trying to think of like what my first Halloween costume was and like what my nickname would be at a new school. Like the, the only fun, like it would have to be like witch or something. Cause that's where we all start. But the, the one Nobody weird one. You a witch. Is- Nobody was a witch. I'm like fine with that though. Witches are yeah. cool. The, the most random thing I ever dressed up as, do you remember like the, the Duracell battery people in those commercials? Yes. <laughs> there was a year where like my group of friends dressed as those people. So I feel like that would be my random nickname. That's a very niche Halloween costume. Like I, I don't even Maybe know. Maybe I'll be inspired by you this year and 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 take and do that. <laughs> and bring it back. You'll be the only person, a very unique uh costume. I promise Perfect. you that. Perfect. <laughs> I have one more role for you. I haven't thought about that in forever. Uh, we're going to wrap this up with a number four. This one is rewatch. What is the movie that you've rewatched the most often? Um, uh, oh my gosh, what is it? You know, I, I rewatch this year, I've rewatched Death Becomes Her. Probably, I probably have watched it. Oh probably seven times this year, I want to say truly. So um, yeah, that's that's my recent all-time re- re-watching. I absolutely love that answer. That movie is always well worth a rewatch. Yeah, it is. It's so good. All right. Now we get into the meat of it. And every Collider Ladies Night conversation begins here. What is the movie, personal experience, performance, you name it, that first made you say to yourself, I have to be an actor and nothing else? Um... Oh, uh, I mean, I mean, probably Girl Interrupted. Yeah, I know that's a probably an, an answer that a lot of uh, actresses give, but for good reason. I mean, um, the performances in it are so uh, varied and uh, complex, and uh, and I loved all of those characters, and I felt like I wanted to kind of do each of them. Um, but, you know, actually before that, the movie that I think I really fell in love with and wanted to act, which is crazy, is The Mummy. I loved The Mummy with Brent, Brendan Fraser, who I'm so happy for what's happening in his career right now, I have to say, because he was my first crush. Um, but I would watch that every morning and I remember thinking, wow, Rachel Weiss is is like not from this earth. And uh, yeah, so so that's that's my that's my dual answer. What good answers. Have you had the chance to meet him on the, the festival circuit with all I this? I haven't. I haven't. I'm heartbroken because I 
of, of course really want to, but um, I'm, you know, praying that I'll meet him. I, I, I think I'll meet him at some point this year. I hope I, I do. Yeah. Oh, it's only a matter of time. I believe that two very good choices right there. All right. So you say to yourself, I want to be an actor. When you first said that, what did making it look like to you? Did you envision yourself following in a certain someone's footsteps, excelling in a particular dream genre? What was it for you? Well, you know what? Um, honestly, no, I hadn't no um, kind of map or measure for the type of career, you know, the height of it that I, I mean, of course, everybody wants to be successful in what they do, you know, as somebody who cares a lot uh, um, and is a very passionate person. <laughs> but um, I, the, in the way in which I grew up, my parents were both very free people and there wasn't any sort of like, you will only be good if you're this or that. So I really felt like when I, you know, turned 18 and started acting that um, I was in this space where I could do whatever I want. And, and truthfully, I thought it would take a lot longer, um, which has been really, uh, which has been like the biggest appreciation in my life. Cause I felt like, wow, you know, so many actors I love, I've watched their stories. And I thought, I just wasn't expecting to be here at this point. So I feel really grateful for that. And, um, and, uh, yeah, and very, you know, surprised by everything that's happening um, just by working with incredible creatives, that's the biggest gift. And hopefully that continues. Let's see. You've surrounded yourself with some of the best of the best. We're going to get to many of them later in the conversation. But first, so you decide you want to act. What did you think step one to becoming an actor was at the time? And then did that step one serve you well? Or would you recommend something else to another actor out there who wants to get into the business? Well, my approach was just throw everything on the wall and, and see what sticks, uh, which I wouldn't not recommend, but I think it is an intense way of doing it. Um, I'm Canadian and, uh, you know, I wanted to obviously be in America making films. Um, and so I would, you know, save up money and drive down from Canada every, you know, five or six months, spend all my money, go on auditions. And I did that for years and years and years. Um, and so that was kind of my approach, like just, just follow your gut, do it and see what happens. And, um, I am not definitely not the person to be giving advice to young actors because there's so many other actors that, uh, have better advice than me and who, have um, longer careers than I do. But the one thing I would say, which has been invaluable for me is uh, really developing your intuition and um, trusting yourself, like trusting what's coming up in your body and, and knowing that it's, it's there for a reason, I guess. I think it's a solid piece of advice right there. And also, you're going to have that long, long career to be able to back up that advice soon, too. So it's only a matter of time. And you've already accomplished quite a bit now. Um, you brought up auditions, so I'll throw this question in the mix. Can you give us one audition high, but then also one audition low that you experienced early on that, you know, might have been a bummer at the time, but ultimately you grew in a positive manner from it? One audition high was that, I mean, speaking of this this movie that I'm here to talk about later, <laughs> uh, Bones and all, um, an audition high from this movie is that 
it was the first time that I never auditioned for something and got a role, um, which is really all about Luca and the type of person that he is, um, my director. Um, so that was a high because I, you know, what was interesting is that you feel, oh, I didn't have to audition. And then after that, so much fear sets in because you're like, I didn't audition. <laughs> they don't know. They're going to think they've made a giant mistake. So it's, there's always, I mean, I think that happens in life, right? Like you think it's a good thing and then you have the different sort of freakouts about it in a way that you wouldn't expect. So that's a high. Um, and then a low, a low. Uh, I guess I feel for actors at the beginning stages of, um, going out and auditioning just because you go to so many auditions and you give so much and, uh, you don't really know if, if anybody's, I guess, seeing you or, and you're, and you're hoping and being in a space of hoping for something and not knowing is just vulnerable and it's not easy to be vulnerable. So <laughs> I don't have a specific low, but I can acutely remember that, that time. Um, and I'm sure there will be, you know, more things that come up, but that's, yeah, that's it. Very, very understandable. There's a lot of uh, elements of acting that I am just in awe of, but in particular, time and time again, being able to give all of yourself to a role for just an audition is just, it's something that blows my mind because even though it is one audition or maybe a couple of more, it takes so much out of you. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. It does. But it's it's good to exercise that stuff out, and um, and also then you can see maybe maybe this character, maybe this doesn't work for me. Maybe it should be somebody else. And you, sometimes you don't know unless you 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 try on the shoes. I guess. I appreciate that way of looking at it. All right, let's creep closer to bones and all. Um, so a lot of times I hear the term like breakthrough role thrown around out there, but I know in reality it can feel different to the person having the breakthrough role. Your Wikipedia page designates escape room your breakout role. Did it feel that way to you? And if not that, what is the role that made you feel like, like I am here, I'm doing it now, and I have confidence that I'm going to go forward strong? Oh, great question. Um, you know, it's, I, well, Escape Room is the first um, studio movie that I worked on. And I, so I had never worked on anything of that magnitude before in terms of, um, you know, how many people were on set, the types of sets. I mean, uh, when I would go on, go and see, you know, the, the set design, I was so blown away all the time. I think that's the thing that I remember the most about um, about shooting those movies is that the the art in them was incredible and and the amount of hands and hours that takes is is expensive and takes a lot of resources. So uh, in that way, you know, I felt like I was in a period of big learning and um, and uh, I kind of had to step up in some degree. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's so personal. I feel, I feel like it's, I can't really define it in that um, I did this movie Waves that I really loved. And that was the first time that I felt like maybe expanded in terms of um, artistically what, where I could stretch. And I, I learned also that I really like being stretched creatively and I like being, being uncomfortable. So um, 
I guess the definition of, of a uh, breakout is different <laughs> in for a person as you, in your words versus what other people would say. But um, yeah, I don't know. They've all kind of been breakouts in, in a way. That's always why I bring that up. The definition changes from person to person and experience to, to experience. Waves is exceptional. Thank you. I wanted that movie to break through in the award circuit that year and really still to this day believed it should have even more than what it wound up getting because your performance and that entire ensemble is just like next level phenomenal stuff there. Thank you. I appreciate it. I mean it. So in an effort to highlight at least two of the wonderful actors you've worked with throughout your career, let's try to get at it this way. Of all of your co-stars, which one would you say had the most similar process to your own? Where like the second you hit set, you immediately fell into step with one another. But then who's someone else who maybe challenged you to adapt and maybe even adapt and try something new for the better? Um, God, you have great questions. <laughs> You're really smart. Um... I'm going to clip that out and play it for myself when I'm having a bummer morning. You should, because it's true. I'm really thinking about these questions. I'm sorry if I'm taking a second. Um, no, please do. Please do. Um, hmm. Well, you know, okay. Well, yeah, I, I think the somebody that I felt in step with immediately was Timmy um, in that you know, we're very, like, I'm much, I, I think, more introverted in a lot of ways, um, where I can, you know, I need some coaxing out of my shell a lot of the time. Um, but in terms of meeting, um, meeting the challenges that, you know, come up day to day on a set, whatever those are, uh, you know, I think that, I think that something we share in common is, um, you know, your heart leading and then the, the freak out coming after that, but, uh, but the heart being first. So in that way, that, that, that's a very specific alignment, but is something that, um, feels really good creatively because, you know, you, you trust that the other person is going to be there, um, to, uh, to kind of inspire creatively. So probably him. And then um, somebody who, I mean, I've worked with a lot of incredible actors who have been doing it longer than I have. And all of them have done it in a way that I don't do it and that I have learned from. So I, I can't pick one person. Um, Mark Rylance is a great example because he was in uh, Bones and All as Well and gives a very uh, masterful performance in our film. Um but he's somebody who, you know, is on set uh, when he doesn't need to be, is sitting, is watching everything, is really uh, sinking into the environment um, in a way that I admire and uh, just made me feel like, okay, I can, I can implement some of these, um, some of these attributes in my life and my acting and, uh, and, you know, and just rest in the, the chaos of a space or the calmness of a space and, and know that that's okay. Solid choices, right? I still can't get over Mark Rylance's performance in that role. It's just, I don't like, 
I don't know how someone balances all those qualities and makes me feel all of those emotions. It was over. It was deservedly overwhelming in the and end. And he is the loveliest human being on this earth. I would believe it. All of that. And he's nice. Yeah. <laughs> this kind of pairs well with what you were just getting at, but I was reading in the production notes for Bones and All. I think uh, I think it was Timmy that said it, that you are always willing to try something new and that's what he admired about you. So what's an example of a new technique that you tried for the first time on Bones and All that maybe you're eager to do on a future project going forward? Well, part of what I love about our characters in the movie um, we were we just watched this scene the other day for this we had, for this other interview and um, and it really struck me watching it how Timmy's um, body language and what he did through Lee what they did through each other and um, and I think you know that's a really cool thing to focus on when you're doing a new character is how does this person walk and. Um, and my shoes in the movie were, uh, these big, heavy boots. And I, before I started, Lucas said to me, you know, you, you walk more gracefully. You cannot walk like that, um, for this character. So let's find it, like find, find, find what she does with her, with her body and her feet. And I was thinking about it a lot. And, um, you know, Julia Parasanti, the incredible costume designer on our film, uh, got these army boots for me and uh, they were so worn in and, and so heavy in the sole, like they felt like they had lead in the bottom. So that just brought me down and it turned my knees out in a certain way. And um, I couldn't not feel heavy footed and feel like it changed my shoulders when I walked. So I, I knew that, you know, from... Um, uh, studying that I've done in my own way that, you know, body is everything, uh, our body language is everything for an actor, but, um, but the shoes really change it all. Uh, so that's something that I would, that I'm going to, you know, be thinking about a lot. And uh, I think people will notice that hopefully in the movie too, with, with Lee and Marin that both Timmy and I um, were, you know, that was definitely on our minds is, is uh, how we were moving our bodies. Okay, so to build on how you craft Marin here, so you've got, you know, you've got a great leader in Luca, a great script to work with, the costume help, but I've, gr I've grown a little bit obsessed with a quote that I heard from Joe Wright, and he was talking about directors when he said this, just this idea of a director shouldn't take on a script unless they have a secret about that script. So what was your secret about Marin that was purely your own when you jumped into the role? <laughs> Well, um, I can't tell you, <laughs> because okay, I respect that. but, but what's, but, but you know what? I think some, I think, uh, things are secrets, but they're also not at all because, because humans, we admit so much that we have no idea. For example, I thought, you know, some, you know, I didn't think people saw certain elements of me that were maybe more hidden, but Luca saw them immediately. So I felt very, you know, emotionally naked in front of him. Um, and I would, and he knows all of a lot of my secrets, I would say. Um, and I'm sure that when people watch the movie, 
maybe not knowing specifically they will know secrets about me, which is the the scary thing about your work being seen by people that you don't know. Um, but the beautiful thing about it, of course, and, and the important thing. Um, but specifically, no, I'm much too, <laughs> I couldn't. When you and I, how about this? When, when we're going out, when I see you in person and we're at dinner, I will tell you. And uh, it'll be between between us and we can share that that trust circle. Deal, deal, deal. <laughs> when the time comes, I'm there for it. I won't forget. Um, bringing up Luca, I have to highlight working with him. I, I think he is one of the best working directors out there right now. And I know you've said in the past that you've never met anyone quite like him. So what is something about either, you know, the way he leads a set or the way that he works with his actors that you really appreciated and want to see on more sets out there? Mm, he just, uh, you know, speaking earlier in our conversation about intuition, He's somebody who really follows his intuition and doesn't question it. And in his case, um, you know, he is more than a filmmaker. He has his own architecture studio. He um, uh, is an incredible cook. Like he, the art expands to every single facet of his life. It's just his way of being. Um, I think it's inspiring to feel like somebody sees something in you that maybe you know, but you don't think a lot of people see or that you don't see about yourself. And um, and having a leader on set who is really decisive, decisive yet open to the creativity that can come in any given moment. It's, it's a very particular balance, um, but one that I think is uh, really special and invigorating when you're working with somebody like that because, um, it helps you trust yourself more and trust your decisions more and also feel like, wow, I can't believe that this person believed in me. And um, it's a good feeling. I love that. All right. I have to let you go soon. I'll try to squeeze in one or two more here. But I mean, this is probably a complicated thing that might not have a clear cut answer. But I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about the eating scenes, because those feel especially complex complex to me. So I'm curious what kind of goals you had for yourself and what kind of conversations that you had with Luca, just in terms of, you know, like on, on the surface, it can look like an act of horror, but also you need to convey that, you know, it's being done out of necessity for Marin, that it is satiating her. But then on top of that, you need to convey that like there's, there's sadness in the act that she needs to do. So I don't know. I guess, I guess, like, how do you find the the right balance to make sure everything is on display, but nothing is overpowering the other too much? Oh, yeah, another great question. Um, and something that you know, what's really uh, cool is that I didn't. I as an act as an actor, I felt like m most of my most of the journey for me, the hard stuff on this um, shooting bones and all, would be getting the emotional beats right and always that's what keeps you up at night like did I give everything that I needed to give here oh I wish I could go back and do that again or this scene is coming up and I have these ideas about it but what it will it actually turn out being and will I meet my ideas of the scene um and so because that was so present in my brain in a way I felt like kind of from the beginning the the I could the thing that I didn't have to worry about would be the cannibalism because we did a camera test upstate New York and Luca um, kind of made it 
known and felt that the cannibalism was just a thing. It was just like, like a chrysalis that these people were in. It wasn't, um, it wasn't, it wasn't the, the most, ex definitely not the most important or exciting thing about who these people are at all. So in a way, like it would be if I um, maybe was uh, playing a, a dancer or a boxer or something, you think about the, the physicality, but if anything, it's just the, the period of the emotional stuff coming out. It's like the final, it's the stamp on it. And, um, and, and because of the technicality of it, it didn't feel, you know, it didn't feel, it just felt like, okay, this is what I'm doing now. And this is a very tactile thing. And, um, it didn't feel gruesome or strange in a, in a way it felt like, uh, I don't know that it wasn't that big of a deal, I guess. I was really blown away by how beautifully all that was handled and just like the emotional complexity that added value to certain things that I didn't think that I would find any value in. And that is probably one of the most important qualities of this story that has really stuck with me quite a bit. God, I'm so glad you said that. I'm glad you feel that way. That's, you know, that's what, that's what the hope is. And, you know, people should have any experience that they have, but I'm uh, very selfishly grateful that you had that one. So thanks. All right. I have to let you go. I'm going to end with my most selfish question on this list. Yeah. Escape room three. When is it going to happen? <laughs> that's a, that's a loaded question. I have no idea. I cannot tell you because I don't know. I mean, people keep asking me and I'm like, if I had an answer, I swear to God, I would say I would, I would leak, I would leak it, but I have nothing to leak. I have nothing to leak. I'm sorry. I feel bad that people keep asking you that, but at the same time, it makes me so incredibly happy that the demand is there because I'm rooting so hardcore for that franchise. Those set pieces are something else, just like creativity through the roof. I can't get enough of it. I also can't get enough of your work. Huge, huge, huge congratulations on Bones and All. And I look forward to welcoming, welcoming you back to Collider Ladies Night in the near future. Because I know you're going to keep delivering super big. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I can't wait to be back again and talk about more things and see you, meet you in person. So thank you for having me. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.